Welcome to Spew Spectrum People Enjoying Wizardry. I'm Queerness and I have Asperger's Syndrome. I'm Lavender and my daughter Abby Cadabby has nonverbal autism. And I now call this 13th meeting of Spew to order. Queerness. 13th meeting of Spew. Welcome back, everybody. Yes, first meeting of the new year. Indeed. Happy new year, everybody. We do just want to remind everyone that we are now going to a twice a month format. The first of every month, we'll continue doing basically exactly what we've been doing. But on the 15th of every month, we are going to do a second episode in which we read through the book series again, but this time looking for metaphors of autism. We also discovered during our break that we have a bunch of new French listeners, so we'd like to welcome, we'd like to welcome all of our new listeners, but especially our new French listeners, this episode's kind of for you guys. Yeah. Uh, We've got a few dates coming up for the next couple weeks that I'd like to go over. Of course, February 14th is Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. That's a magical time of year. (laughs) <laughs> where everything turns pink and red for some reason. It's like blood. We've got some fun birthdays. February 6th is Arthur Weasley's birthday. And February 13th is Luna Lovegood's birthday. Also have some birthdays in the real world. Warwick <laughs> Davis is on the 3rd. Anne Volant, uh, J.K. Rowling's mother, was born on the 5th in 1945. And on the 8th in 1932, John Williams. Can you believe that man is still writing Star Wars music? (laughs) I can't imagine anybody else doing it. (laughs) So, as we were saying, we decided, um, since we have such a large number of new French listeners, that we would kind of look into why. Because it kind of took us by surprise and we weren't quite sure what's going on over there. Yeah, it was such a sudden influx. And so we thought we would devote this episode to telling the rest of the world what's going on, because this is not something that either one of us had heard anything about. So basically, I don't really know where to even begin. Um, Yeah, it's kind of a hard story to start. (laughs) Basically, in France, prior to 2010, autism was not described as a neurodevelopmental problem. Even though this is several years after the World Health Organization has um, defined it as such, prior to this, it was deemed a childhood psychosis, meaning there was no clear-cut diagnosis given, and the main treatment was psychoanalysis. Basically, believing that these behaviors were caused by past traumas, specifically the relationship with the mother. It's always the mother. Yeah. (laughs) These were mainly treated in day hospitals or institutions. Parents that were looking for other treatments or facilities that would actually diagnose or treat autism were threatened with loss of custody, and many people did lose custody, and many are still fighting for that back. Even now, only about 10% 
of children in France are properly diagnosed, um, estimated about 75,000 diagnoses, estimated about 700,000 are on the spectrum. In France alone? Yes. Mm. Another um, treatment that was widely used and as of 2016 was still being practiced in some places is called packing. Have you ever heard of this one? Mm, Not in this way, no. It is very confined to France, even though it was developed by an American psychiatrist. Yes. Mr. Woodbury, who I couldn't find any information on, but... Basically, the treatment involved wrapping the child in cold, wet sheets at 10 degrees Celsius, which is approximately 50 degrees Fahrenheit, for 45 minutes several times a week. And the explanation is it allowed the child to rid him or herself progressively of pathological defense mechanisms against archaic anxieties. Man, I wish that's all it took. (laughs) (laughs) I've been doing this wrong my whole life, queerness. I just, I just, there's just no scientific evidence whatsoever to back this up. And I find it kind of appalling that that's, or that was at one point, the, the practice that was used. And in 2007 was the first widespread controlled randomized test to conclusively bring this to an end. But like I was saying, it was still even being practiced in 2016. With... All that being said, um, let's talk about some of the stuff that France has done to try to change this over the years. There was a major plan first put forth in 2005 that ran from 2005 to 2007. It helped establish suitable treatment and autism resource centers, as well as set recommendations for screening and diagnosis. This obviously did not help enough. Um, There was also a law passed in 2005 that guarantees the right to education. But as of 2018, only about 20% of autistic children were in school, and that's compared to about 70% in the U.S. and England. Mm-hmm. In 2008 to 2010, they tried again. This plan was focused more on better autism training, better support, and diversification with respects to fundamental rights. It wasn't until 2012 that psychoanalysis was officially deemed not recommended by the French Health Authority. Good lord. And then from 2013 to 2017, we had another plan set forth. Uh, This plan was focused on diagnosis with intervention by 18 months old, Mm. more research in the field of autism and awareness, and generalization of early diagnosis at home, earlier intervention, creation of 700 special education places, nursery schools aimed at integrating children into ordinary primary schools Mm -hmm. and then it wasn't actually until 2016 that the united nations condemned packing so Mm. (laughs) man they they had some few steps in between 2013 and 2017 they had they had some good steps happening it's really sad that it took until 2016 for un to condemn packing that's appalling it's 
little bit of a sidestep here, uh, I want to talk about Futuro School. This is a school that was founded in 2004 that specializes in ABA, Applied Behavioral Analysis, which we've talked about before a little bit. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until 2009, five years later, that the government finally recognized them as an experimental public school, so gave them some funding, and then 2016, before they finally removed the experimental label and granted them 15 years of funding. Nice. So, it's something good. Good things are happening. Good things are happening, and the most recent good things to happen started in early 2018, and that is a new plan currently running between 2018 and 2022, and this one is focusing on better integration of autism into general policies on disability with a focus on education and learning. So good things happening. They're just a little behind the times. (laughs) I hate to say it. And so that's why there is a increase in curiosity i guess is probably the best way to describe it things things are happening it's quite shocking that it's taken a first world country this long to step into where the rest of the world has been for a while but things are happening i can't believe i mean i guess we don't do a whole lot of research on france in general but i can't believe we didn't know anything about this but i guess it's not something that really makes headline news either no it does makes world news occasionally but not as big as other stuff yeah (laughs) all right we're gonna take a little break go visit our friends over at grin yachts but first have a little french trivia question for (laughs) you all right in the french translation hogwarts becomes powdlard which translates into english as what we'll be right back this is jeffrey the financial advisor for Spew at Gringotts Bank. And now we return to Spew. And welcome back. So, Lavender, what does Powdlard translate to? Not a clue. I will be honest. <laughs> I did not take French. Actually, I did, but I failed miserably. So, what does it translate into, Queerness? Bacon lice. What? <laughs> I'm not quite sure what that means, but... I feel like it is very true to Hogwarts' original meaning, and probably made plenty of sense. I also have some information about what the houses were translated to. Hufflepuff became Poof Souffle. Poof Poof Souffle. Poof. Something like Poof Souffle. (laughs) Gryffindor is still Gryffindor, just uh, spelt and pronounced a little differently. Slytherin became Serpentard. And Ravenclaw actually became... Serdegel, which actually translates to Eagle Claw. Okay, so I can understand all of those, just not bacon lice. <laughs> Although Eagle Claw actually kind of makes more sense since the Raven Claw mascot is an eagle for whatever reason. Yeah, everything else makes sense, just not the actual name of the school. So we're going into our news. Mm-hmm. First big news thing. Isn't really news, but MuggleNet is down and I am panicking. Like <laughs> It's kind I of had, a big deal, yes. I had all of these links to news articles and I went to open them back up and read them and none of them worked because MuggleNet is down. I guess they're transitioning to new ownership. I don't know when it will be back. I don't like it. We'll keep you guys updated as we find out more. <laughs> We do have new information about the 
Warner Brothers location in New York City that they released near the Flatirian. It is going to be a Harry Potter flagship store. So not a experience, just a 20,000 square foot store. So quite large. They actually did have plans to install a fiberglass dragon and six wand style flagpoles. But members of the Manhattan Community Board Landmarks Committee unanimously voted down the request, claiming the design could lead to total street sign anarchy. I think they're right. (laughs) (laughs) Another update. We reported on a wizarding-inspired event in Montreal that went terribly wrong. And Dylan Vanis, the person who was responsible for it, released an official apology video. He did kind of explain that what happened is that he was not really planning the event. Someone was spreading rumors online that they were planning the event, so he decided to give in and actually do it. That obviously did not pan out very well for them. No. He also went on to explain that he was not able to refund the money because, of course, they had to pay for the food and venue. Anyway, he decided that the best thing to do was with the little bit of profit he did make that he was going to donate all of that to Lumos. So, eh, it was probably the best choice he could have made in that situation. Yeah. Also, season 2 of Miracle Workers starring Daniel Radcliffe is returned to TBS. It is now an anthology series. So, the second season is a completely different story taking place in the Middle Ages now, but with the same original cast playing different characters. You know, I haven't seen the first season of this, but I saw a commercial for this new season. (laughs) And I'm definitely going to have to take time to watch it. I think it looks good. The first season was very good. I I quite enjoyed it. I was about to ask you, what was your take? It it is weird, but quite enjoyable. Yeah, anything Daniel Radcliffe does nowadays is weird, though. (laughs) So I expect that. I expect some kind of level of weirdness. The Natural History Museum in England is doing a new exhibit called Fantastic Beasts, The Wonder of Nature, and it's opening uh, May 22nd, going through January 3rd of next year, and it is basically combining mythical creatures and their real-life analogs showing where legends come from inspired by real-life creatures. Um, But it will feature creatures from the movies as well as have a whole section on zoologists and Newt's Commander in there and all sorts of fun stuff. That is available to one-day early access to anyone who paid for gold membership on Wizarding World. After it ends at the Natural History Museum, it will go on a tour. Uh, Not a lot of information on that yet. Also, the BBC is going to produce a documentary special based on the exhibit narrated by Stephen Fry. Oh, it's going to be good. (laughs) An employee at the Harry Potter Studio Tour, Adam Hill, stole more than 36,000 pounds or $48,000 of merchandise from the Studio Tour and sold it on eBay. Sure. He was investigated after co-workers saw items accumulating under his desk, and after investigation, they found that he had sold a total of 1,040 items on eBay, and he had 12 packages ready to ship in his car. He was sentenced to 14 months in prison and suspended for 18 months with 250 hours of unpaid work. Don't take the merchandise, people. 
so many people stealing the Harry Potter merchandise and getting caught. So many. <laughs> now, someone not stealing merchandise is Mark Cavoto. He buys and sells Harry Potter books online. He buys them for pennies and then sells them for $10-$15 and has been doing this for several years and is making quite a bit of money doing this. He currently owns about 1,500 books but has sold around 3,000. He recently bought a copy of Chamber of Secrets hardback for a penny and hmm. was unaware until it arrived that it was a signed first edition. It has now sold for 2,300 pounds. We are in the long line of work. That one's interesting because it was a Chamber of Secrets signed first edition and not Philosopher's Stone. Mm -hmm. Which, the first two to three books, first editions are still big deals. Once you get to the fourth book, first edition's not really a big deal anymore. And... <clears throat> Miss Rowling... <laughs> is at it again. Ooh, everybody buckle in. <sighs> so, before we talk about what she did, we need to talk about Maya Forstadter. She was a tax researcher who did not have her contract renewed due to some tweets that she made. These were some anti-trans tweets that the way she worded it is expanding the legal definition of woman so that both males and females make it meaningless concept and will undermine women's rights and protections for vulnerable women and girls. Some transgender people have cosmetic surgeries, but most retain their birth genitals. Everyone's equality and safety should be protected, but women and girls lose out on privacy, safety, and fairness if males are allowed in changing rooms and dormitories and prisons. She also wrote a lot of tweets targeting specific people. <laughs> there is obviously some misconceptions and issues with can't imagine all of this <laughs> to clarify she was not fired they just did not renew her contract oh and she's salty but she filed an employment discrimination complaint and the complaint was denied and the reason that the judge gave is that the claimant is an absolutist in her views on sex and it is a core component of her belief that she will refer to a person by the sex she considers appropriate even if it violates their dignity or creates an intimidating, hostile, degrading, humiliating, or offensive environment. So basically, she just said whatever she wanted to say and didn't think there'd be any consequences. And she also, in like in some of her tweets, she will specifically state that she will call you what you want to be called and treat you with respect, and then immediately in another tweet does the exact opposite of that. So... Yeah, not, not a very nice person. <laughs> now, J.K. Rowling tweeted, Dress however you please, call yourself whatever you like, sleep with any consenting adult who will have you, live your best life in peace and security, but force women out of their jobs for stating that sex is real, I stand with Maya. J.K. Ah. <sighs> <laughs> Joanne? Gives you a headache, doesn't it? <laughs> ah. So, yes, she is still a turf. That is what we have learned. <laughs> we can we can only hope for better days. It, the, part of what is so frustrating about this is how she, up until this point, has been such a strong component of inclusiveness, and it's something that her books, like, celebrated, and then she does stuff like this. It's just frustrating. It is. It's very frustrating as a fan. So let's move on to our autism news. Yay. Got a couple updates on Greta Thunberg. Yay, Greta. Which, not covering everything that she's been doing, because she's still been doing a lot. Yeah, we couldn't. <laughs> 
but she has returned home and she returned home on a train and she tweeted a picture of herself sitting on the floor by the luggage and it just simply said traveling on overcrowded trains through Germany finally on my way home. Now at first the train company was very apologetic which I thought was unnecessary but then they found out that she was in first class and then they like turned on her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, it would have been even nicer if you had also reported how friendly and completely taken care of you were by our team in your first class seat. <sighs> so, <laughs> here's the thing, and I, I think this is something that people don't understand about her specifically, is that because she's on the spectrum, first class is very crowded. There are people waiting on you. I would much rather be sitting on the floor. <laughs> However, she did clarify that... Their specific train was taken out of traffic, so they did actually have to ride on two different trains, ended up sitting on the floor. After a certain point, she did get a seat. She also clarified that there wasn't a problem and that she never said there was a problem. She also did go on to say that overcrowded trains is a good sign because that means demand for train travel is high. But it was a situation that happened. Also, she has inspired train bragging. Which is basically people taking trains and bragging about how they're being slightly better for the environment. So All right. All right. <laughs> also, Jeremy Clarkson's still having a hissy fit. Um, just like tearing into her at every interview he's in. And well, also Meatloaf is getting in on also, which I have found Meatloaf is quite a terrible person. Oh no, I know that's difficult for you. Now now, I have found I love Jim Steinman's music. Jim Steinman wrote most of the Meatloaf albums. Uh, Meatloaf's not necessary. (laughs) But he has stated that she has been brainwashed into thinking that there is climate change and there isn't. She hasn't done anything wrong, but she's being forced into thinking that what she is saying is true. So she has responded that it's not about Meatloaf, it's not about her, what people call her, and it's not about left or right, it's about scientific facts. And that if we're not aware of the situation, unless we start to focus on everything, our targets will soon be out of reach. So, yeah. Dang, Meatloaf. (laughs) Oh, another thing about Greta. There was a Facebook glitch that revealed who was posting specific posts on pages. And when this happened, people noticed that all of her posts were posted by either her father, who, by the way, has been traveling with her this whole time, Mm -hmm. or Indian climate change activist Adarsh Pratap. Him. (laughs) So all of her posts were coming from them. And so people had questions, which she has clarified that basically she does not use Facebook. All of the posts on her Facebook page are either reposted from Twitter or Instagram. So they are her words. They're just not specifically posted by her. Most kids her age don't use Facebook anymore, so I don't find that surprising. And Carnival Cruise Lines now has six ships certified as sensory inclusive by Culture City. Mm -hmm. And they plan to have all ships certified by March. What this entails is that all the staff are trained. Youth staff are trained on recognizing the differences between sensory overload and a tantrum and how to handle that. And also they're going to have sensory bags available, which include noise canceling headphones, fidget toys, communication cards and a lanyard to help staff easily recognize that someone may need special help 
Is that stuff actually helpful? I mean, so we don't go anywhere without Abby's noise-canceling headphones. She doesn't she doesn't always use them, but we do always have them just in case. Everything else that was on that list probably wouldn't have done much for us personally, but I can I can see that it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, I just find it odd that every time there's a place that tries to be sensory inclusive, they always have these bags that have all these things that I'm just like, would you not bring that with you if you needed it? Yeah, right. <laughs> as yeah, as a mom, as an autism mom, that's like we we definitely have like like she's got a little backpack that we can put snacks in, some fidget toys. She's got her communication iPad in there and some noise canceling headphones. Like that's all stuff that we would have anyways. <laughs> Maybe if they had a calm down room and that would be that would be really um significant yeah cruise lines don't have extra rooms (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) um they have rooms that have less crowds and loud noise but there is no room without crowds and loud noise still a good step in the right direction. So that's about everything for this episode. Uh, Remember to join us in a couple weeks on the 15th where we're going to discuss Sorcerer's Stone slash Philosopher's Stone. (laughs) Looking for metaphors of autism. Mm -hmm. If you would like to send us a howler or owl mail and be featured on the show, you can send us mail at spewcast at gmail.com. You can also give us a call at 407-706-SPEW, which is 407-706-77 or there's a link in the description. Also, check out our website at spewpod.uk. And you can also follow us on Twitter. We are at Spectrum People. You can follow us on Facebook, which is uh, facebook.com slash spewcast. We also have an Instagram, which is at spewpod. And we'd like to thank Joan Burr for our theme music. Until next time, I'm Queerness. And I'm Lavender. And as Luna Lovegood says, don't worry, you're just as sane as I am. Bye. Bye. Twenty two, two thousand twenty twenty two. That two thousand twenty two. Yeah, twenty twenty two. Yes.